Welcome to the latest Pink Podcast in the Pink Elephant Podcast Series, dedicated to leading the way in IT management best practices. Welcome to the role of the service desk in the 21st century, part 107 with IT management consultant Rich Petty. Welcome to Compliance Central. Hello, may I help you? Interesting title when I received this from uh, this uh, task, if you will, from the conference chairperson. I was thinking, well, how could I possibly envision looking out to the 21st century what might be different about the service desk? I remember back in 1969 talking with someone in a mainframe computer room about how small could computers ever get and, and uh, talked about and tried to project in the, in the uh, forward how to go out there back to the future and think about what is the role of this function with, amongst all the processes, and that's what we're going to uh, talk about in the, in its role in the area of governance or, if you will, compliance or in the area of controls. So in this age of new age, now I don't know if that makes uh, the service desk a church or a religion of some sort, in this new age of uh, compliance and governance, we have three questions that we want to talk to. Who will track and monitor internal adherence? Where will the required documentation reside? And who will manage access to the governance artifacts? And I didn't know if I had to then make a call when I saw artifacts to Indiana Jones or what, what that really means. So let's visit some of those, uh, those presentations intended to address these three questions and gives, give us some insight on what the service desk role of tomorrow would be. And I think you might find the answer surprising in some way. But first, let me start with some perspective on controls, compliance, and governance. I separate these to three areas, but I have a couple of quotes. Good governance is a mixture of the enforceable, and here's really interesting for us process folks, maybe it'd be hard for us to handle, and the intangible. So we have the tangible and the intangible. Notice they didn't use the word tangible. They used the word enforceable and the intangible. And it's interesting, organizations with strong governance provide discipline and structure. Now, we used to structure with process, but discipline plays to employee compliance. This goes hand in glove. And talking about service desks uh, fit very well together. And it begins with installing ethical values, it says, in employees and train them in the proper procedures. So it's not all about technology or automation of controls. That's part of it. We'll talk about that a a bit. But it's also about people having a value that governance is good and good for you too, okay, Uh, like vitamins. And we want to exhibit behavior at the board and executive levels. I always mention that uh, from a management point of view, when I talk and teach management training, uh, that what you allow, you teach. All right. So if you allow slippage in governance or slippage in control, uh, you allow slippage in, in compliance, then you teach that it's okay to bypass the controls in, in some way. And this other quote from the same article, by the way, in the Harvard Business Review, clearly define who's responsible for which process is a key element of a program. Now, that fits right, that quote fits right within 
the idol framework for those of you who've gone to at least pink elephants essentials training for your foundation certification we talk about a generic model a generic process model and every generic process model has a process owner all right so governance as a process even though right at this time there is no specific and I'll come back to this point no specific process in the idol literature for governance that particular word in in the current version uh, clear, identifiable, identifiable process in one of the service delivery or support books. Uh, we still wanted to have a process owner for this particular area and make sure that we have the training, oversight, and make sure that it's measured through some performance evaluations. Here's a long definition of compliance, concepts and methods in administering an internal or an external process. And according to here, we're with an objective, if you will, of consistency, conformity, uh, efficacy, fancy word for efficiency and effectiveness combined, to some specific objective. So you, you don't know if you're in compliance unless you have some standard to compare to. So, uh, and that standard can be internally or externally mandated. How do we know full mature compliance? Now, we know from the CMM or CMMI, depending on which acronym you're familiar with, with a capability maturity model, that there are very various levels of maturity and process maturity. There isn't a lot of talk about service desk maturity in the sense. There's a lot of focus on process maturity, and so too with uh, compliance is uh, we would have these particular attributes where we monitor and report, we continually improve uh, improve the process, and breaches have been identified, and optimally it be automated, and even more optimally, it is part of everyone's attitude and behavior. So it's part of the culture. So if you, uh, you may be surprised coming to the governance conference and finding out that we're talking about that it's an organization's readiness to embrace governance is as important as the need for governance and need for those controls. The organization has to go be ready for not only the idle transformation, but also, if you will, for transformation in its attitude towards controls. Because what what do most people, when they say controls, and we say we're going to have expense controls, what comes to mind? Yeah, restrictions, uh, rules, there's the word rules, regulations, uh, bureaucracy come to mind, okay, various different words. And so what happened is there's a natural... uh, resistance that we all have, not only to change, uh, but also to rules and regulations whenever we hear the word control. So we do need to have an attitude and behavior shift. So what is governance? I, my focus here is I take governance as a separate area for purposes of our discussion, focusing on governance from an external point of view because it's more mandatory in, mandatory in nature than compliance to internal controls and there, it's imposed on us, and the breaches are very heavy-handed. They must be escalated. In some cases, non-compliance may require stopping of manufacturing or selling. I worked for a nutrition supplement company in West Palm Beach a few years, and the FDA had the right to go into any of our manufacturing facilities where we were producing, basically they were design of vitamins, but from the FDA's point of view, they were food. So they could go into one of our uh, manufacturing plants, even into our uh, fulfillment center, 
And if we didn't have, by code, the right level of rodent control, they could tell us stop shipping immediately. If we didn't pack the right, inf- if we packed a certain book with the the supplies, they could stop us from shipping and, and fulfillment immediately. So a lot of times it's very hand, heavy handed, and it may require fines. It may result in some fines. So I'm talking about governance as the very very formal end of having controls and compliance more internal in focus and governance external in focus for purposes of a conversation and understanding the service desk's role. You've been listening to part one of the role of the service desk in the 21st century. Please join us next week for part two. Thank you for joining us for today's Pink Podcast. Go to www.pinkelephant.com to find out more about our products, including Atlas, our knowledge database with hundreds of example documents and templates for your IT management best practice projects.